expectations. Welcome back to another episode of Friends and Low Expectations. Uh, man, Keith, two weeks, contract negotiations. We finally man. got everything sorted out to have you back on the show with us. Wow. How does it feel? You know, um, pretty good. Pretty good. I uh, feel bad that it comes at the expense of uh, Philly. Um, word on the street is he heard about my contract number and he decided that uh, he needed to renegotiate. So. We are without Philly this week, but I gotta say I missed you boys. Uh, I missed you boys, but uh, I know my worth. I know my value around here, and uh, I, I demanded that I be paid as such. So, and you know, we got the we got the deal done. That's the important part. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll figure out we'll figure out Philly uh, next week. That sounds like a, a future friends and low expectations problem. Um, but yeah, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Well. <laughs> I would say I have to. Maybe I need to renegotiate my contract at some point. Hey man, I, I encourage you to do so. I signed the I signed the medium extension for commissioning the league for a few more years. So I think uh, I think you're in a good position to uh, go to the boys at uh, the board of Low Expectations Network and uh, you know really really make a case here. Yeah, I say that, that uh, I should be, I should be next up. Why, why, uh, why not me, right? So, you know, we'll we'll uh, we'll make it work. I'm gonna try and super produce as well as I can, uh, but obviously nothing compares to our super producer Philly, R.I.P.I.P. Um, we'll keep you posted as uh, how our contract negotiations uh, go. Um, but for those of you who haven't had the pleasure of listening to my sweet, sweet voice over your preferred uh, streaming platform. I'm the Kamish. My name is Jeff. Oh, man, that's the bad one. That's not even the one I wanted. Damn. (laughs) I'm joined, as always, well, back again with my trusty co-host, Keith. Vodka, whiskey, beer, tequila, more beer, more vodka, more whiskey. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's it for tonight. We'll do. Uh, uh, this is going to be. I would play like in the arms of the angels, uh, the Sarah McLaughlin song for Philly. But uh, I think a good tribute would just be his uh, his intro. No, I think we need to find that Sarah McLaughlin cut. <laughs> in the arms of the angel. I don't know about you, but uh, every time I hear friends in low places now, I I automatically fill in. Uh, low expectations and people oh, i do as well I, I admittedly i haven't heard it very much since uh, we started doing this but when i do now i just i do your your, your sweet expectations <laughs> you know we probably could do it so much better now at this point but uh it's just it works, Honestly, it works. I, think, I think it's just you know i think it's just an homage to uh to our roots man you know just just two guys uh starting out at, on a on a youtube video every week <laughs> yeah, it was, you know, it was, we've, yeah, come, we've certainly come a long way, but I think uh, I think the I think the the vintage the vintage appeal. I mean, we had. I mean, I mean, it's crazy how like the trajectory that this is this is kind of went on from. It was like the first two episodes or so were on YouTube, I want to say, and then we we pivoted and started hosting. Uh, I was like, how hard can it be to get on? Uh, you know, one of these streaming platforms, and I think within maybe a week we were on. Uh, like pretty much every major uh, streaming platform uh, hosted through Anchor, which is uh, which is pretty crazy, yeah. um, the, including Google, which Carl demanded and then promptly never listened to us on Google. I uh, I think a few weeks ago as well, not a few, it was like two weeks ago now. Once we switched to Riverside, uh, I also put us on Amazon. So if you're listening on Amazon, we're also Ooh. we're also streaming on Amazon. Oh, so we're we're on all major platforms now, and and big news for the fan base which is mostly just this league and then a handful of people in Europe. Um, we crossed a thousand listens last week, man. That's, that's awesome. That's crazy. That's great. I mean, 30, about, I think you were saying about 30 plays in an episode, which is pretty great. Yeah, yeah, like 20, um, 20 plays per episode, which is awesome, man. So yeah, we're, we're, I mean, progress, right? Progress, not perfection. I I'll, think, I'll uh, admit that probably like two or three listens per episode comes from me. Cause I like to listen to it just to, 
kind of give ourselves like notes and feedback. And then I also just, I'll listen to it on one other platform just to kind of boost our numbers, but um, still, you know, 18 other listens coming, coming through. So I'll, I'll take that. Yeah. Oh, speaking of notes and feedback, uh, I'm sure you listened into the, the episodes from uh, the past two weeks where you've been on uh, contract negotiations or arbitration. I don't know, whatever we want to call it. Uh, what'd you think of, uh, what'd you think of the past two shows? What's your, uh, I did. So I'll, I'll own, um, I did listen two weeks ago. I did not listen last week. And before, before we continue this joke any further, I just want to say, um, two weeks ago, I missed the show cause I was working late, had to get a bunch of stuff done, had to go to a bachelor party, um, in Nashville with the, with the fellas and, uh, ended up working late, getting stuck, just trying to get stuff done so that I could be away for the week. And then last week I was flying, um, traveling to South Kakalaki during, um, our recording time. So. Uh, believe me when I say I would have much rather uh, have have been, um, you know, recording with you guys. But all that to say, two weeks ago I listened. Um, thought you guys did great. The two minute drill went off to perfection. You know, that's the kind of uh, Philly stepping in as a as a true freshman. You know, that's the kind of poise that you really need from your high caliber recruits. So um, love the show too. We loved the show two weeks ago, and like I said, admittedly. Didn't get a chance to listen last week, um, was traveling, and then ended up seeing our, our very own commish here um, while we were down in South Carolina. We were spending our time in Foley Beach, which is about less than an hour away from where the commish lives. I got to see commish, which was nice. Um, it kind of helped uh, ease the pain of missing out on a second consecutive episode, but um, sounded good, sounded good. And like I said, the, the two-minute drill was was what I was worried about. And Philly stepped in and uh, really, really clutched it up. Well, you, you really uh, put us through the the ringer last week on the two-minute draw. I'll give you that. And uh, complete transparency, we uh, we were over last week by two seconds. Yeah. Two seconds. I so. figured last week would be a little bit close. Um, but I also wasn't sure if you were going to go with uh, – if you were going to go with Philly or if you were going to um, – if you were gonna give uh, give Mo the honor there and like let the mm. guest uh, let the guest do it, but couldn't 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 put myself to do it. We had some uh, mm-hmm. we had some you, you might have seen it in the chat. We had some pretty good sound bites from Mo. Uh, it was yeah. It was, you'll have to you'll have to go through and give it a listen and, and see what you think. But uh, I think all in all, it was a pretty good show and uh, I would agree. We had some some great content from Mo, obviously. So we appreciate having him on here, but. Um, speaking of the two minute drill, uh, obviously if you can't tell by now, Keith is a little under the weather. Um, so we're going to do a modified version of it unless Keith wants to give it a go. Um, but I'll defer to him and, uh, we'll, you know, we'll... actually I have not, I've not had a serious coughing fit just yet. So, um, we're going to, we're going to roll the dice here. I originally, uh, texted the guys and see if they would be okay. Just doing a, a quick little recap as opposed to an actual time two minute drill, but yeah, this is my this is my MJ flu game. I'm battling the flu right now, trying to trying to recover. But uh, this is this is where champions are made right here. This is where you put it all on the line. So let's get us back in the win column. Finish this season strong. Do you want me to do first, third, and fifth? Uh, so you do less, or do you wanna you wanna go for it? Oh, I'm going for it, baby. We're doing this. If, I, if, right. I, if, I, if I'm going for it, if I'm doing it, we're doing it big. All right. Well, I'm not gonna play the two minute drum music because. Uh, I don't trust myself uh, to get the audio because Philly has to, you know, he's got to keep that that audio level uh, darn near as close to zero as he possibly can. And I don't trust myself to not mess it up. So we're just going to go, we're going to go old school and just uh, run, run traditionally as we used to. I'm with it. I'm with it. Um, The music is a nice touch, but uh, let's, let's kick it old school. Finish this season off strong. I got my timer ready. If you're ready to go, man. Let's do it. All right. I'm going to start us off in three, two, one. The Fighting House Plants versus Death, Taxes, and Kickers. In a battle of recent trade partners, the House Plants were looking to continue their winning ways while DTK looked to stay hot in their late season push to the playoffs. DTK mustered a score that would have seen them beaten all but one other team this week, thanks to big days from Herbert and the red-hot Christian Watson. However, the House Plants got monster outings from Jacobs, while Higgins and Allen continue their strong play to help them cruise to victory. House plants roll to victory, 
but Michael Carter three versus Heinz on my Johnson in a matchup of two teams whose fates were sealed. This was a matchup of bragging rights as the reeling Carter three looked to end their season on a high note before hitting the toilet bowl. However, letdown performances by all but Murray spoiled the day. Meanwhile, the Johnsons got all they needed from Hawkinson and Hertz to seal the victory. The Johnsons win this one, 128-107. The fellas in the Jets versus Magic Skull Bus. The Who's Your Daddy game of the week sees a sputtering Skull Bus who would have liked to have taken this one as they prepare for their playoff run, but the scoring woes continue as they fail to break 100 for the second consecutive week. The Jets got big games from Stevenson, Jefferson, and Schultz on Thanksgiving Day, and that was all they needed to seal the victory. The Jets blast goal bus 136-88. Camaro's Gridiron Gang versus Bunghole Burglars. Our matchup of the week featured two teams bound for the toilet bowl, but still delivered, delivered a classic matchup for their Regular season finale. Gridiron Gang got solid outings from Cousins, Jones, Connor, Pittman, and the KC defense, while the Burglars got good ones from Smith, Chubb, Cooper, Hurst, and the Niners D. Gridiron Gang inches past the Burglars, 117-114. Devontae's Inferno versus Kraft's personal masseuse, perhaps our most anticipated matchup of the week. The league-leaning Inferno squared off against the fizzling KPM. KPM put up a point total that would have won them all but three matchups, but ran into the red-hot Inferno in their outrageous scoring. Six players in double figures, including four players over 20 points, wasn't enough to put out the Inferno, who saw all but their kicker and tight end go in double figures. Inferno drops KPM 150-141. Oh, baby. 158. 158, man. That was a good one. That was a good one. We are so back. It's good to be back. Good to be back. Yeah, you know, and that, that's our—that's really our season finale because we don't really do the two-minute drill in the postseason because it's you know kind of two-week matches. But. Yeah, it'd be, it's kind of sporadic. Um, it makes it makes it a little bit a little bit difficult, and uh, we're excited for the playoffs, uh, the upcoming upcoming playoffs. Anyways, I haven't even oh hell yeah, I haven't looked at it. I mean, it's a big week for you, obviously, as you're getting ready to uh, you know do battle in the toilet bowl round one against. Uh, you're going against Mo. Mo. Yes, we just we just talked about this right beforehand, and I totally mm-hmm. forgot as well. The current playoff bracket has Joe and Austin squaring off, and then myself and Mo squaring off. So, and this is the the toilet bowl bracket, not the yeah. This is the toilet bowl bracket. So, you know, um, back in the toilet bowl for the second consecutive season. Not ideal, not ideal. But uh, last year we delivered some some good content for the for the pod. Um, being in the toilet bowl, so you know, um, we'll we'll just see how it goes. I'm just going to put on a brave face and uh, and test the waters here. Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, it's going to be. I think it's going to be a tight matchup, regardless. I mean, you both aren't projected right now to. I don't know if you've touched your lineup yet or not. That's probably. I have not. Probably I should have asked first, but um, yeah, it should be. A, I mean, right now the projections are within four. I want to say and. I can't necessarily see the rest of the projections, but I think it'll be good. But let's uh, let's talk about what are some some players that we were looking at that uh, that are going to help uh, maybe help some teams uh, win an early win the week one matchup of two. I guess before we get into ad drops, uh, let me talk about what our what our playoff format is because some people might not know. Um, so we do a sixteen. 16 playoff, 14 go to the toilet bowl, which you've probably heard Keith mention, which is our losers bracket, if you will. Um, uh, six teams, obviously, first, uh, first and second seed uh, have a bye. Uh, three through five, or two through five, or three through five uh, play round one um, in their two week matchups. So each matchup is two weeks, um, and so they deliver. It's a grueling two weeks because you never know what's going to happen. From you know, you could dominate week one and then get absolutely blasted week two, and vice versa. Um, so it's a it's an interesting format. We switched this past year from a two division league to a just single division. So the top six teams made it. The bottom four did not. I think the only tiebreakers we had were points four. Um, so that's the that I mean we had some. I think we had. I want to say three teams who were tied at six and six and two teams tied at five and seven. So that the tiebreaker for those, if you're wondering where points for if, and it goes to the two, uh, two decimal places. So if for whatever reason we had two teams completely tied, the second tiebreaker is the higher points against. And so uh, that determined a lot of that for us. We had some close ones um, that kind of, I mean, 
uh, Carl and Fred were within 50 points of each other. Austin and uh, and Mo were within 30 points of each other. So we had some really close, not, not, not kind of close at least. Um, so just some context for what our playoff format looks like, um, in case you were wondering. But let's talk again. I'm ready to talk now about uh, some ad drops. It's a, it was an interesting week um, in in terms of I think the injury bug. Uh, came again this week. Um, I think it, I think it's pretty obvious for Austin anyways. Uh, he had Darnell Mooney and Allen Robinson, both of whom uh, are now on the IR. Um, granted that, I don't know if you want to look the direction of a uh, Los Angeles Ram wide receiver uh, this year, uh, especially without Cooper Cup and they're saying they might even shut down uh, Matthew Stafford for the rest of the year. And uh, I don't know if you can count on Bryce Perkins to win you games when he's thrown to Ben Skoranek or Van Jefferson, um, pretty much anyone not named Cooper Cup. Uh, maybe Tyler Higby's the, the guy there, and I think Fred has him. But, geez, what a, what a tough week, man. Yeah, yeah. Um... You know, I thought about I thought about this one. I got a couple different guys um, who both seem to be a, um, who both seem to have benefited last week from the injuries. Um, I'll just go ahead and say them, but I'm not going to really go in depth on them. Looking, um, you know, kind of had my eyes on Zana the Knight, um, one of the backup running backs for the Jets, who seemed to um, step up into the role of you know quasi lead man after Michael Carter went down. Benny Snell, um, who was able to you know, net a touchdown after um, after Najee Harris's departure. So um, those are two guys, you know, maybe if you're interested in. I'm looking at quarterbacks right now, and I think there's two that are very intriguing. Um, but the question that I'm asking myself is, who's going to take a chance on Deshaun Watson? Um, Deshaun Watson is obviously back this week from his suspension, and Deshaun Watson has a very favorable matchup. Deshaun Watson and the Browns have a very favorable matchup against Houston. Um, I don't really, I can't really think of any teams off the top of my head that are really desperate for a quarterback. Um, you know, and maybe Deshaun Watson isn't worth uh, starting this week, especially as we start the first week of the playoffs slash toilet bowl. But um, you know, the last full season Deshaun Watson played, he threw for nearly five thousand yards. So you know, you know, the guy can play football. The Browns have a very good offensive line. They have the best, one of the best running backs in football with Nick Chubb. Um, some decent pass-catching weapons. So this could be a guy that um, if you're not solid on your quarterback situation, you maybe want to pick him up um, and just kind of see how he does. If there's a week to take a chance, this is probably that week given how bad Houston is on defense. So, um, But if nothing else, if you just pick him up and let him sit on your roster and kind of figure out how he how he's looking down the stretch, he might end up, you know, for any guys in the playoffs, he could end up, you know, being the difference maker on a championship or – um, he could be the difference maker for um, preventing you from eating really, really spicy chicken wings. Yeah, I was talking with, uh, geez, I think I was talking with Anthony and maybe Joe about this this morning. Um, we were talking about that, and I was like, who takes the risk on Watson? Does anyone take the risk? Like, A, it's the, uh, the, the maybe it's maybe you're having moral questions about it. It's like, do you even, do we even want to pick him up, right, from a, uh, you know that standpoint and then but i was also looking at like who needs a quarterback and really i feel like everyone has been pretty set at quarterback this season outside of right maybe picking up one for your bye week i think the only person and this is like an asterisk next to it, who has necessarily cycled quarterbacks uh would be austin and i mean he switched yeah. between uh kirk cousins and uh aaron Rodgers, and i think he's probably probably pretty comfortable with Kirk Cousins uh, who's been pretty good this year so yeah I think it's a it's, it's a question of like who needs him and then the other question that, that I think we always like to talk about then again as well is like who might pick him up just to keep him off the roster of someone else yeah uh, right um, I don't know if you stream him for a week if someone has a tough matchup uh, I have a hard time hard time looking one way or another at that um, so I don't know if he's the guy, but uh, I guess if you're really desperate for a quarterback, him. The other option I would I would throw out there is uh, maybe elite Mike White uh, for the Jets. He had a, he had a really good week this week: 22 of 28, 315 yards, three touchdowns. 
I mean, he uh, and he I was playing. No shame in admitting I put in a claim for Mike White because uh, I have the second waiver claim, so I'm pretty sure I'll get him if I want him. <laughs> he yeah, and he was playing in like horrendous. Like the conditions were not good, mm-hmm. and he still put up 315 yards. I mean, he was just highly it really efficient. Is pretty crazy how good the Jets' offense is when Zach Wilson isn't the quarterback. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, it just makes you wonder how much you know they've been really good. They've been pretty good this season. They've certainly outperformed expectations, but. Makes you wonder, like, could they have been this good all along? Um, had they just gone with Mike White or even stuck with Joe Flacco? And- yeah, I think uh, I think we'll see. Like Elijah Moore really benefit from this as well. He had, I mean, he only had two targets last week, but he put up 14 points because uh, he had a touchdown. So I think that's a good one. The one I, the person I'm can I'm interested in this week, and I'll, I'll get your opinion on this as well. I don't know where he went. Um, Actually, on the Jacksonville team, um, and it's not Jermichael Hasty because uh, Travis Etienne is apparently healthy, uh, according to what the reports were saying on Sunday. Um, but let's talk about Zay Jones. Uh, he's had a pretty good like past few weeks, at least two weeks for sure. He's had 24 targets in the past two weeks, and uh, he's had 19 catches. He's been he's had over 200 yards receiving, no touchdowns, but I mean, dude is getting the looks. He's obviously, I mean, he's been on this field over 90% of the snaps uh, on offense, pretty much the entire since week seven, um, week six even. It's hard to, I'm having a hard time finding a reason not to pick him up. To be honest, I mean, uh, it's obvious Trevor Lawrence likes him and is looking his way, so. He might be one in that offense to not that I necessarily trust the Jags, but it's hard to hard to discount that. Yeah, I don't disagree with that one. And for me, it's the target share. Um, mm-hmm. You know, ten targets each of the last ten plus targets each of the last two weeks. He's had, you know, what four or five games this year with ten plus targets. So um, it seems it seems pretty clear when when Trevor Lawrence doesn't look to Christian Kirk, he's looking at Zay Jones. Um, so I think really it's just a matter of how much do you trust the Jags' offense. Um, they're improving for sure. Um, I don't know if you put your eggs in their basket, you know, down the stretch in the playoffs. But you know, if you're needy, that might be one. I was saying I'm just surprised that I mean they are having Trevor Lawrence sling the ball. He's been throwing, you know, past two weeks he's had 77 pass attempts, which is crazy. I mean, almost 40 attempts a game. So they're having him throw the ball. Uh, it could be because they're playing from behind for most of it, and they're not playing with a lead, so they don't have to lean on uh, ETN. But Dougie P is is really uh, leaning on uh, Trevor Lawrence to really slaying the rock. So it's interesting. Um, what do you got for drops this week? I know we kind of off the cusp on this one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was actually just looking through this a little while ago, um, trying to pick out you know who I think here, but. Um, I mean, I'm, I, this this may seem obvious, but with Elijah Mitchell now out six to eight weeks, basically the through the rest of the regular season, um, I, you know, and I don't see much reason to keep him on your roster. Um, you know, Carl was probably rostering uh, Elijah Mitchell as a handcuff for CMC anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I think now at this point, you know, CMC has been healthy all year long, which is been a welcome sight. Um, I think if you're still interested in picking up a handcuff, you go for, I don't even know who their third string running back is, but go for him um, just to kind of keep your hands on him. But looking at Jeff Wilson here at this point, you know, he's not going to do anything for you down the stretch in the season. Um, I suspect Carl will probably drop him anyway. He's got no use for him. He's in decent shape at running back as it is. So um, looking at Jeff Wilson here. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah, Elijah Mitchell, sorry. Jeff Wilson was the former backup there. Um, yeah, Jeff Wilson's on my roster. I'm kind of hoping he'll do something for me. Yeah, especially if Mostert misses more time. That that could be a, a sneaky one there. Um, I was looking at mine, at some of the, the trending ones. I mean, you could look at Kenyon Drake. He was on the field for two touches. I mean, he's a. I think he's an easy candidate for drop. I think looking at Fern again, Cam Akers. Uh, like we said, that that Rams offense is going to be abysmal with, with if if Matthew Stafford misses time, and it looks like uh, 
it looks like Kyron Williams has usurped uh, Cam Akers on the depth chart. He was, on, I mean, he had 11 touches compared to Cam Akers, I want to say, eight, so not much, but he was on the field for 70% of the snaps, while Akers was only on the field for 30. Um, so I think that probably tells you all you need to know about where they are in terms of a depth chart there. So I think Cam Akers is like a nice stash if you have a roster spot, but mm. that Rams offense is just too unpredictable um and it's just not consistent so i don't i don't know if it's worth like i said i mean granted i have kyron williams and like i said i don't know if that's necessarily a smart play but uh, i'm just banking on it as a maybe uh maybe he maybe they come alive at the end of the year and that's a play for me but uh i don't know that's yeah. one who else curtis samuel he's trending down yeah he's i was just saying another i was just thinking another one that i thought about was paris campbell um mm. He's been a real boomer bust guy all year long, you know. Um, you look at his you look at his stats throughout the year when he when he scores a touchdown, he's pretty much guaranteed to get twenty points. Um, but when he doesn't score, which is the majority of the time, he struggles to get double digits. Um, and a big part of that is just the target share isn't there. Um, couple that with the fact that the Colts are just really really bad. Um, you know, Matt Ryan just left Atlanta and forgot how to play football, which is ironic because. You know, all signs pointing to all signs pointed to Indy just being a much better situation, a better O line, better running back, even a better backup running back, and uh, better receivers. So, I don't know why Matt Ryan is struggling like this, but um, as long as as long as they don't have an answer at quarterback, Paris Paris Campbell is just a a boomer bust guy. It's probably not worth having on your roster. Yeah, I agree. Uh, they had like eight yards of offense going into like. 12 minutes last night in the second quarter. Um, so I think that probably tells you all you need to know about the, the Colts yeah, offense. And they were, and they were playing, uh, I mean, the Steelers, I think the Steelers defense is not bad. Obviously you've got TJ Watt. I think if it's Patrick guys like that, who are going to make plays Cam Hayward. Uh, but that I, I still don't think that they are that elite that, uh, <laughs> they should be able to hold, you know, a few to eight yards of offense. And, yeah, the Steelers always have a good defense, but this year it's just not great. Um, and when you have a guy like Jonathan Taylor, there's just no reason that, you know, you're going into the second quarter with less than 10 yards of offense. Yeah, it's just tough scenes. So, I mean, JT ended up doing fine to end that game in terms of, I mean, if you look at Geno, because he, he had a good... Uh, I think he had like 18 points, so not bad. 20 carries, 86 yards, a touchdown. So n- nothing. You can't. Uh, you can't. Holy crap! Toothless is losing his shit. But uh, Toothless ruling over there, man. He, well, he was like, he pulled out like he has this basket of toys, way too many toys than any cat will ever need. And he was just digging through it, getting out all these toys. He never plays with any of them, and now he's just going crazy. Bro, we have three baskets of toys around the house. We got one for Milo, one for Bubba, and one for Radar. And uh, there's just way too many toys for for three animals. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Toothless has more than he needs for one. Because Radar plays with like three toys, and two of them are balls. Toothless's favorite toy is a wrapper. So I don't. I mean, he's he's like a. He doesn't need these expensive toys. You just give him the wrapper off of Dot's pretzels, and he's perfectly happy. So, you know, here we are. Um, but let's uh, let's talk pickums. We're we're into our pickums now. Um, weekly pick our weekly picks uh, results from last week. Uh, I'm now up to twelve and eight. Uh, Keith is at eleven and nine, and Philly is at thirteen and seven. For our lock of the week. Uh, we are all sitting at three and one, so we're we're pretty good there. Our dog of the week, I'm at one and three. Keith and Philly are at two and two. Um, and then sleeper of the week last week, uh, I did abysmally uh, with my Demarcus Robinson pick. Uh, he got seven. He was projected for seven points, and he uh, put up two point seven. So not not great. Uh, Keith uh, really hit it, hit it perfect with Christian Watson. He was projected for 10.87, and he actually put up 21 points, so great there. Philly said Cam Akers, which was another dud, 8.26, projected actual 3.7. And then Mo uh, had Jalen Waddell, who was projected for 17.34. His actual was 13.5, so pretty modest there as well. Um, so a bold pick for, uh, for Mo to go with that as your uh, sleeper of the week, you know. 
Yeah. You typically want to go with somebody who's projected low with a higher boom potential, but maybe, maybe I don't know. I mean, it was the Dolphins I mean, playing. Was trying to you know make it a one and done that we'd remember. I mean, like maybe I don't know. It was the I mean the Dolphins were playing the Texans. They were without Sting Stingley, um, so like I mean they were good and they I mean that offense was good. They were they were cooking in the first half and then it probably didn't help that he got pulled. You know, so bold. Bold, bold to say the least. But we're going to talk a little bit now. We have plenty of time to talk through what it's going to look like for our um, picks for the first round of the playoffs. Um, so uh, we're going to have Philly's picks are going to be done up to fate. Um, but yeah, I think everyone has to. I think after after I got absolutely screwed by the Magic Eight Ball a couple weeks ago. I think uh, I think to make things fair, we have to just do. Everyone has to do one week of Magic Eight Ball picks. I think if you miss, you have to do Magic Eight Ball picks. <laughs> Maybe I'm a little biased. Um, yeah, I, think I think you're a little bit biased. You you have the Magic Eight Ball up, or you want me to pull it up? Uh, I do not have it up. I'll I pull can pull it up. it up if you'd like. I got it. Magic Eight Ball. Boop 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 boop. I was trying to find like a good one that's not shit. Because some of these are bad. That's not a good one either. Well, while he's pulling that up, um, just as a reminder for folks, for the actual pickums, this will be a not necessarily. Um, you know, pick of the week or lock of the week or dog of the week. It'll be the um, of the round because now we are in the playoffs where each matchup uh, spans two weeks. Um, sleepers will still be a week by week pick, but um, just for the actual pickums as far as each matchup, this will be our picks for the next two weeks um, as we work our way through the playoffs in Toilet Bowl. All right. Um, do we want to start with uh, what's the first matchup we have listed? I think it's um, you have listed uh, KPM Craft Personal Masseuse and Death Taxes Kickers. What do you think about this one, Keith? This is uh, this is an interesting one. Um, you know, the first round projection currently has a slight edge for Fred um, over Gino. Um, without looking at their rosters, I don't know if either has set their roster yet. Gino typically sets his. Um, at least in my experience, Gino typically sets his after um, the waivers. So my guess is Gino probably hasn't set his roster yet. Um, I think Gino's just really positioned himself uh, very well down the stretch here. Um, you know, he made the trade for Jonathan Taylor. He's got John, uh, Justin Herbert, Devontae Adams, Travis Kelsey. Um, Christian Watson has been red hot. Um, obviously, Justin Tucker, one of the better um, kickers in the league. I think uh, he's finally got some, some top-end talent and some depth um, that is going to carry him to victory here. And with Fred, I just um, – he's been really inconsistent down the stretch. I think he started, what, 5-0, and 6-0, and 5-0, mm-hmm. and I think. And, you know, he finishes 1-6 and uh, you know one and six down the stretch to finish the season 6-6. Six and six. Um, Lamar Jackson really just hasn't been um, great as a fantasy quarterback this year. He's getting consistent output from Austin Eckler, but um, really having trouble finding uh, anything else beyond that. Um, and with Mike Williams' timeline kind of uncertain, he doesn't really have that other go-to receiver. So I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take Geno here to win this round. It's Geno against Fred. Wow. Yeah, I was. Uh, I remember talking with. I don't know who I was talking with, but I was like, I'd prefer not to play Carl. And uh, luckily, the the fantasy gods uh, worked out for me. But uh, yeah, I think I think uh, I think Gino's on a. He's his team has really come alive uh, these past few weeks. Um, it's he had a good. I mean, it's going to be interesting. Uh, the Christian Watson addition obviously is was a uh, one that he's benefited from um travis kelsey has been putting up you know 
like number one, number one type tight end type stuff. Uh, he's had great Kelsey things. Yeah, I mean, kill a trav. Um, I don't know. I don't necessarily love Scary Terry. Uh, he's kind of hit or miss, and Antonio Gibson seems to have lost his. Uh, starting role to Brian Robinson again. I think that's something we'll see that's going to kind of go back and forth. Um, it looks like uh, Zeke is kind of uh, in an even split with uh, with Tony Pollard, so maybe maybe we see uh, um, Gino move Gibson out and put in Zeke. Uh, Dylan had a good week last week as well, but I don't think you can count on him to have consistent production. So if I'm Gino, I'm probably playing Zeke there. Uh, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go same with you on this one. I think I'm gonna go Gino, DTK. Um, how do you want to phrase the question? I'll let you ask the question, and I will ask the eight ball. Alrighty. Um, will DTK win this matchup? Answer is don't count on it. So he's banking on. Uh, he he's banking on red. Going All right. KPM. Let's, uh, speaking of what Philly's going with, let's talk about his matchup with, uh, with Carl. Yeah. Um, you know, Carl and I were talking about this. Uh, Carl was kind of hoping to have Gino. Gino's got some bye weeks, uh, cutting up the last wave of bye weeks here. So he was kind of hoping to avoid, uh, Fred or Philly and, um, get Gino here. But I think Carl's, um, really constructed, really made some unique trades that have kind of positioned him very well. Um, McCaffrey has been solid with the 49ers um, since coming over. Um, obviously not a great week this week, but, I mean, still six targets, um, you know, 15 total touches. Um, so I think, uh, you know, he's he's set there. Obviously, Saquon Barkley, the Giants are playing well. Um, I just think he's got talent. He's got depth all over the place. He could kind of mix and match a few different things with his roster. He's got some guys on his bench like Rashad White and Isaiah Pacheco who, you know, if anybody gets hurt, um, you probably feel decent starting either one of those given how um, they've come alive. So um, I just, I don't think, I don't, I think with the way we've seen, um, with the way we've seen uh, Philly's roster performing in the last couple of weeks, I think he's really floundering at a bad time. And I think he's got to really pray for a huge return from Jamar Chase, which is entirely possible. Um, but he's been really struggling to find scoring without Jamar Chase in the lineup. So um, just too much inconsistency for me. I'm going to go Carl here. Yeah, um, this is going to be an interesting matchup. Uh, I think Jamar Chase will have an impact. He'll probably slot into um, – Philly's flex, if I had to guess. It'll be interesting to see what happens at Philly's running back position. I think that's a position where he lacks serious depth. Um, he has Gus Edwards on his roster, who put up nine points last week. Not great. Uh, David Montgomery's been pretty average. At least the past two weeks, he's put up decent points. But before that, he hadn't broke double digits in three weeks. Um, Dalvin Cook has had an, I wouldn't say uncharacteristically uh, bad. I mean, he's just not been... I think it's in the been really up and down, really wishy-washy. Yeah, the past two weeks he's been under ten points, so that's like not great. I mean, obviously they've had great success slinging the rock up in Minnesota. Um, if Travis Etienne has to miss time, that could, <laughs> that could play an impact. So uh, that makes me nervous for Philly. Um, obviously, like he benefited from having Justin Fields, but I don't know if he would start necessarily start um, Justin Fields over uh, Joe Burrow. I don't think he would. Um, Carl's team. I like Carl's depth. Um, I think uh, if I look at if I look at the, the only thing and if the only thing that might be concerning is Christian McCaffrey. Apparently, has some knee irritation. He's day to day. I don't think he'll miss time. Um, he had a, like a very modest week this week against New Orleans. Eight point nine points. That New Orleans defense is pretty stout. Um, so I'm not necessarily surprised there. So if he does have to miss time, that'll be something to keep an eye on. But like you mentioned, he's got great depth. Uh, Rashad White, Isaiah Pacheco, um, even Devin Singletary would, could probably suffice if needed, right? He's not going to put up, you know, tons of points on a weekly basis, but he's got guys who can fill the slots there. And it looks like TJ Hawk has slotted nicely into the, the Vikings offense. So 
Um, he's got good production, and C.D. Lamb and uh, D. Hopper clear-cut number ones. So uh, I think Carl wins this one. Um, I like my guy Jalen Hurts. So, yeah, I'm going to go Carl, too. Um, if you want to queue up your your question for the Magic 8-Ball for Philly. All righty. Um, I guess I'll frame this in a positive way for Philly, because if I know Philly, he would certainly pick himself here in this matchup. Um, will the Skull Bus upset the Johnsons in round one? Answer is... It is decidedly so. Okay. Philly so, betting on true, himself. True. Likely true to the Philster. Um, he is taking himself in this first round matchup against Big Barlito. The next one, uh, we're going to talk about the Toilet Bowl. First round of the Toilet Bowl. Uh, we've got the Fellas in the Jets and Camara's Gridiron Gang. What do you see here? This is going to be, I don't know. It's going to be something. Uh, the Toilet Bowl is never, never dull. That's for sure. We were, we were talking about this a little bit before the show. Um, <laughs> Joe has by far the most points for anyone in the toilet bowl by about a hundred. Um, he has a total points for that would rank what fifth, sixth in the league mm-hmm. right now. Um, he's just he's had terrible scoring, terrible points against luck, um, and I think when it comes to the toilet bowl, eventually, kind of the the law of averages kind of wins out. Um, you know, he's got Tua. Um, Tua has been really great all year long. Um, the acquisition of a Rondre Stevenson has been huge for him. Obviously, uh, Justin Jefferson, Tyler Lockett's been playing well. Um, Dalton Schultz has actually come on, come on pretty strong ever since um, ever since Dak has returned to the lineup. So. Um, I think he's just got more, a uh, little bit more um, consistency in scoring. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I think he's got a little bit more consistency in scoring, a little bit more depth. Um, I like Joe here to um, to take this one, to take round one against Gridiron Gang. So you, you talked about Joe scoring, and I think that's an interesting – yeah, we talk about luck. We talk about you know a lot of things. Um, I don't know if you've looked. I don't know if you've checked out Fantasy Football Hub. It's one is a, a site that I shared that kind of talks about like it was talking about playoff percentages of who was going to rank where. But one of the things they do is a schedule comparison of if you know if X if I had this person's schedule, what would my record be? And it was uh, it was pretty interesting looking at Joe's. Um, because if Joe had the in the only in the only scenario where Joe scores two and ten is his, is or goes two and ten is his own schedule that he had. If he has my schedule, he's four and eight. If he has Gino's schedule, he's six and six. I mean, all of them are similar. The best finish he has, if he has Phillies or Austin's, he finishes seven and five. So I think that's very telling of of what uh, just kind of luck Joe had. Um, Throughout the year, uh, that's been for the last two years, though. I mean, yeah. last year he also had you know a mm-hmm. pretty decent team. I mean, especially yeah. on paper, and uh, things just didn't go his way. And I mean, this year, I mean, finding interesting ways to lose. Like, was it two weeks ago? Devonte Smith losing a fumble on a you know into the into the game, you know, yeah. backyard football type situation, and that cost him you know three points and a win. Yeah. I mean, and so here's another here's another feature that it has on here. It puts you up against you know every team, or puts you up against every score in the league uh, on a weekly basis as well. And Joe would have finished uh, if he played every team every week. It would be fifty one and fifty seven. Um, in comparison, if you played every team every week, uh, Keith, you'd be twenty nine and seventy nine. So I mean, like, yep. I think that just kind of goes to show, like Joe's team is not not a bad team by any means, and I think that's gonna, I think we're gonna see that here in the playoffs too. He's got a pretty favorable matchup uh, with Austin. Uh, we talked about that. Austin's team is uh, taking most title for uh, injury, uh, injured reserve Darnell Mooney, who's yep. already dropped. Um, who was the other one? Alan Robinson. Alan Robinson. 
Um, so he's going to have to fill those. We'll probably put DJ Moore up in there. Um, he does have, well, he didn't start Damian Pierce this week, but that's one he'll probably play as well. If I had to guess, maybe, I don't know. Alan Lazard had a pretty bad week and I don't know if I trust Aaron Rodgers there. So we'll see what happens, but, um, I would agree with you. I think that, um, I think this is Joe's matchup to lose. Um, what do you think? What do you think? Uh, what, what's your question for the Magic Eight Ball for Philster? Um, let me let me figure out how to frame it. I guess uh, will will the Jets um, avoid the last round of the toilet bowl? Answer is yes, definitely. All right, all the fellas picking the Jets. <laughs> Love to see it. All right, last matchup, your matchup. Bunghole Burglars versus the Michael Carter 3. So I don't even think it's worth asking you because I know you're going to bet on yourself. But let's talk the matchup and talk to me about what you like this week about your or these next two weeks, what you like in your team, and uh, maybe what are some pitfalls. Um, well, the big pitfall is having a late bye week for Kyler Murray. So um, currently I have Taylor Henneke. Um, kind of starting there. I'm kind of scouting the, the quarterback landscape. I'm not sure if I like Heineke and the commanders against the Giants, but um, Kamara picked up an injury in, in their matchup um, against the 49ers, and he's been held out of the end zone for the last couple weeks after that you know 42-point explosion a few weeks ago. So um, not liking that. Keenan Allen has been a welcome addition. Um, he's not quite putting up the wide receiver one numbers that I hoped that he would put up um, when I drafted him second overall, um, or when I drafted him with my second round pick. Um, but you know, he lost a fumble in his first week back that would have gotten him, you know, basically back to back fifteen point games. Um, so pretty solid. Mike Williams uh, expecting to continue to miss time. Um, I, I just I think. This is a matchup of two very not good teams, and I think my team is just slightly less worse than um, than Moe's here. Um, you're absolutely right. I'm going to take me here. Um, I think Moe just has too many questions, um, too many questions really across the board. Um, really, Jamal Williams has been kind of the only piece of consistency this year, which is super ironic. Well, actually, I take that back. Nick Chubb has been pretty good. Um, I think the Browns offense is going to see a bit of an improvement um, with Deshaun Watson coming back. So, you know, Amari Cooper and Nick Chubb now provide some um, some pretty big boom potential. But um, Debo Samuel just hasn't been hasn't been what he was last year. Um, and the rest of the roster, I think, just has a little bit too many questions on it. So uh, I'm going to take me here. I think I'm just uh, slightly less worse. <laughs> Slightly less worse. Yeah, I think this is an interesting uh, an interesting matchup. I think I've said that about every matchup, but this one in particular has got my eye. Uh, Philly and I talked about this last week, or maybe we talked about this on Thanksgiving, but Jamal Williams being having like the most touchdowns, I want to say, for running backs this year, that's kind of nutty. Um, normally when you see a guy with three touchdowns, uh, you would expect him to have like a 40-point game or something like that, but... Uh, Jamal Williams is kind of that, that goal line vulture. I mean, the game yep. that he had three touchdowns, he had 17 carries for 64 yards. So he was not super effective with all of his carries, uh, but those three touchdowns helped him and he got 24 points. So not bad. Um, I think the biggest, uh, the X factor, and I could be completely wrong, but I think it might be Garrett Wilson, especially with uh, Mike White slinging the ball to him. Uh, he had eight targets, five catches. Two touchdowns, 26 points. I mean, that's a, quite the improvement um, on the season for him. So I think Mo could start him, uh, and like you said, probably over Paris Campbell. Um, Debo Samuel, question mark. Hayden Hurt, I mean, his tight end situation has been uh, horrendous all year. I mean, he had, what, Kyle Pitts and Darren Waller, and uh, Kyle Pitts got traded. Darren Waller's on the IR, and now he's playing Hayden Hurst. So uh, that'll be interesting. And then... We'll see what happens uh, with, obviously, uh, Hollywood Brown being back um, healthy and Rondell Moore not playing. I think that's a, an interesting uh, piece to the puzzle now as well. Um, he's a nice number of wide receiver, two there. And, and uh, yeah, man, damn. Yep. 
I don't know. This is a tough one. Um, I don't even know. The project, I mean, the Roth, and I can't even look at the matchups this week because technically things aren't finalized until Wednesday. Um, so I think right now, I, I mean, I can look at the projections, but it doesn't really mean shit to me. Um, technically, you're the underdog. This is with unedited rosters, I would believe. Um, screw it. I'll go with Keith. That's my underdog pick of the week, too, then, because that's how it's listed now. So that works out nicely for me. Um, what do we got for Filster? Um, will the Carter three win the first round of the toilet bowl? Without a doubt. Okay. Thank you, Filster. I appreciate the vote of confidence. Let's talk our lock of the week now. Um, my lock of the week, I think I kind of, I think I kind of tipped my hand a little bit when I was discussing them, but lock of the week is Carl, um, or I guess lock of the round is Carl for me. Um, I think he's just, he's got too loaded of a roster. Um, it's going to be very difficult to outscore him over the course of two weeks. Um, you know, he had a pretty modest performance this week. I think he had 128, 130 points. Um, and that point total would have been good enough to win him, you know, five or six other matchups in the league. So, um, I think with Philly scoring inconsistencies, unless Jamar Chase just comes back and he and Joe Burrow get super hot, I think Philly could be in some trouble here. So I'm going with uh, Carl as my lock of the round. Yeah, lock of the round. That's a good catch. Uh, I'm going to go with um, I'm going to go with Joe. I think Jets. Um, I think Austin's injury woes are going to continue. I mean, he had a modest week this week, 117. He would have gone against one, two, three other teams. So, I mean, not bad, not great. But uh, I think I think Joe's got the depth there. Um, and we know that Joe is a menace in the in the, the toilet bowl. So I think that, that trend will continue. And I'm going to go with Joe. Um, I don't even know how I want to do this for... Mm. Hmm. I'm trying to see if there's any where we all three pick the same. I don't think so. Uh, Joe. Yeah, well, we picked, we all three picked the fellows in the Jets. Do you want to just do that for him? So, well, we all three picked uh, Joe and we all three picked me. You want to flip a coin? Yeah, we'll, we'll flip, we'll flip a coin there. Here I go, I got All one. Right. Oh, I was going to... Okay, go for it. All right, I have a little bookmark that's got Dobby. Okay. Uh, the Dobby heads, the back of the bookmark is tails. Um, and we will do heads is the Jets, tails is the Carter 3. Sounds good. Heads, it is heads, so Philly is going with the Jets. Okay. It's lock of the week. Underdog of the week. I think I said this one already. You're going to be my underdog of the week, Keith. Yeah, I think I'm actually the only one that I picked who is technically not favored, so I guess by default I kind of have to go with myself here. And I think um, uh, I think Philly does too. So, Actually, you want to put him? You could. We could flip a coin for him or uh Well, Philly picked himself, um, and I, he's going to be a pretty substantial underdog against Carl um, after lineups are set. So, And I'm, I'm pretty sure he picked himself here. Okay. Let's go with that. Billy, if you listen later and I'm wrong, I apologize. And sleeper of the round? I don't know. Sleeper of the round. Yeah, this is going to be a tough one because you got to think about you know two weeks scoring here. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Hmm. You know what? I'm going to go... I talked a little bit about it when I was discussing our matchup. I'm going to go with Amari Cooper. I don't know what his projections are for week 13. Let me see here. I can't even really see that information. Uh, I'm going to go with Amari Cooper here. Um, I think he's going to end up having some pretty decent scoring with Deshaun Watson back in the lineup. Talked a little bit about it when we were talking about Deshaun Watson as a potential pickup. Um, having a very favorable matchup against the Texans um, kind of bodes well for the passing attack, and I think the Browns are really going to try to, um, you know, really going to try to throw the ball um, just to get Deshaun Watson comfortable again. 
So I'm going to go with Amari Cooper here. I think he's going to have a big week this week and um, should see you know just an overall decent spike in production with Deshaun Watson coming back. I don't know if we've ever set a rule for this or not, but does it have to be someone who's rostered? Um, or can it just be a general sleeper? For whatever it's worth, I've always been picking based on who's rostered. But mm. the very first week we did this, um, Philly picked Taylor Heineke, and he was not rostered. Well, I've, I mean, I picked Marcus Robinson last week, and he was not rostered either. So. Um, that sounds like there's precedent for unrostered votes. I'm going to go with my, my ad of the week. I'm going to say it was Zay Jones. Well, I was going to say, I feel like you're. I feel like I know where this is going now. Yeah, yeah. He said Amari Cooper. I don't even know. Random NFL player. Let's see. I don't even. I wish there was just a, a generator. Mm-hmm. How did y'all do? How did y'all do my pick for sleeper when y'all did that? We just did a. Um, we just did a random. It was like a wheel, but I found something now. Uh, we can do it by position. Pick a pick a random position for me. Uh, offense. Let's go wide receiver. Wide receiver. Random wide receiver. That is not a player I am even familiar with. Holy shit. If this guy, I don't even know if this guy's playing. Holy crap, he is. <laughs> you ready for this one? Khalil Pimpleton. Big Khalil Pimpleton guy. <laughs> he, yeah. he's, he's Philly, on... Philly digging, Philly digging <laughs> deep and deep in his bag of tricks. He is on the... sleeper pick. He is on the Giants... Um, practice squad <laughs> okay well let's let's at least find somebody who's on the active roster who has a chance of playing let me i'm gonna generate until i find someone you know i don't i feel like this one's actually not bad let me look let me look him up let me make sure because i i've heard his name and i know he had a pretty decent week last week maybe maybe not and he was just a special teamer Nope, we're not going to go with that guy either. Trent Taylor from the, in case you're wondering, from the the Bengals. Okay, I can live with this one. Um, Philly is going to go with Devin Duvernay. Okay. That that could have some pop potential if uh, if Lamar figures out how to throw the football again. He's projected for eight points, so modest. Um, Yeah, that's not a bad one. That's what you want in a sleeper pick. You want somebody who's got low projection who has a really good chance of beating it pretty easily. So, you know, even if you get a one-yard reception for a touchdown, you got seven points right there. So, Yeah, I agree. All right, so I like that. Good pick, Philly. Good pick, Philly. We're in a good spot. Well, the hot seat has officially gotten one notch hotter, I would say. We've... uh, yeah, I don't think the, there's really I don't think there's really anything to say here that we haven't already discussed. Um, you know, just as a reminder for those, the toilet bowl is set. It is myself, Joe, Mo, and Austin. Um, that is Joe, the fellows in the Jets, Mo, the Bunghole Burglars, uh, myself, the Michael Carter Three, and Austin, uh, Kamara's Gridiron Gang. So, um, you know, the toilet bowl is set. Those are the guys officially on the hottest of hot seats. Um, you know, you got uh, you got two weeks of uh, you got two weeks to prevent yourself from not having to eat, not being at the extreme risk of eating hot wings. So we'll see what happens. But I gotta say, um, early on, it just does not look good for Austin. No. He has got all the the wrong injuries at the wrong time. He is going up against, uh, as we discussed, a team that can score. So. Doesn't look good for Austin right now. No. Yeah, it's uh, it'll be an interesting. I mean, how funny would it be if we got another Austin Mo rematch in in the Toilet Bowl final? I mean, rematch of their rivalry. I think that would be two weeks of pretty good content. That would be ideal for me, to be quite honest. If you know Mo is uh, battling for the Toilet Bowl, so. All right. Yeah, well, we're gonna put we're gonna admit those vibes into the atmosphere. I'm going for the uh, Commission Good Vibes of the Week award for the first round of the playoffs slash Toilet Bowl. Pew, pew, pew. All right, and now it's time for my favorite soundbite. Mail time. 
We've got two submissions this week, Keith. First one is from Mo. His question is, what movie and musical artist would you require a person applying for U.S. citizenship to have watched, listened to, to uh, listen to, understand what being an American is? And Cheese said, uh, you find yourself in the last video game you played. What are your chances of survival? Uh, since you have been out for two weeks, I will give you the choice. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And I just want to say a uh, great question from both. Uh, Cheese uh, typically delivers pretty good questions, but I'm going to go with Mo here. Um, any questions that are music, movie, TV driven um, are going to pique my interest. And this is just a really good one. So I'm going to go with Mo here and um, I will offer you the first swing if you want it. Yeah, I'll take it. Um, I'm thinking about the movie. I, don't, I have like... I don't even I don't even know offhand. I think the musical artist, I don't know. I think the easy one is like Bruce Springsteen. I think that one is like an easy one, but I think the one I would go with for a musical artist might be like John Bon Jovi. I don't know. I think he he kind of yeah, I don't know, gives me all American vibes. Uh I don't know why. Um that's just who I think of when I think like uh think of that and movie Holy crap. I have no idea. I was thinking like Independence Day or maybe Die Hard. I don't, I mean, there. I don't know if there's a good one that I could, Coming to America maybe? I don't know. You know, there's, uh, <laughs> there's, there's some, a bunch of good ones for sure. There's good ones there. I don't know. I'd probably go with uh, maybe, I mean, ugh, I don't know. Forrest Gump? I think Forrest Gump. I think yeah, I'll go with Forrest Gump. Mm, I think I think, I think that's a, a good, not a cop out answer, but I think that's a kind of all encompassing there. I think that works. Forrest Gump. That's does. a good one. Thank you. Yeah, I think for for my musical artist, I was kind of thinking the same vein, same vein, kind of '80s hair metal band. Mm-hmm. Um, immediately, what came to mind when I was thinking about this was Guns N' Roses or Motley Crue. Um, I think those kind of like epitomized at least like the. Those are the two that kind of epitomized 80s hair metal. Um, I don't know if they do a great job of painting like the clearest picture of, you know, what it means to be an American. But, I mean, when you're really thinking about that, like, I don't know that there's any artist that really does. Maybe maybe, maybe Johnny Cash. No, um, was, the only other one I was thinking of was, like, Elvis, because I feel like he took the world by storm. I don't think he was yeah. – I think, I think that'd be one. I don't know. That's a, Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I was. I, I thought about Elvis as well, but I think, especially thinking about now, like his musical impact is is unquestionable. But I think his, I don't know, his his musical staying power isn't you know isn't quite there. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think a lot of people might like. I think a lot of people who are familiar with Elvis, like maybe one of the first things you might think about is his Christmas album, and it's like mm, that's just kind of. I have a hard time like saying, oh, okay, you have to listen to Elvis to understand what it means to be an American. When I think most people familiar with Elvis would be like, oh yeah, the Christmas album, like Elvis white Christmas. And it's like, so I don't know. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with a hair metal band though. I'm going to go with guns and roses. They're a personal favorite of mine. Um, you know, you can't, you can't listen to welcome to the jungle and not get hyped up. So I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with guns and roses as my musical artist, my musical group and movie. Um, I immediate what immediately came to mind for me was Jurassic Park. Um, I don't know why that immediately came to mind, but I really actually do think the Jurassic Park franchise is actually a pretty good epitome of um, American society, and it's just never learning from your mistakes and um, continuously making the same mistakes over and over and over again, uh, fucking with powers you shouldn't be. So, um. So yeah, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Jurassic Park. There is one one of the first true summer blockbusters that really changed the movie industry. It's one of Steven Spielberg's um, you know classic works. Um, it's a great movie that you can just pretty much watch anytime. Um, I don't I don't know about you, but anytime I see um, Jurassic Park one on TV, I'll pretty much always stop what I'm doing and, and, and watch it unless like there's something else on that I was intentionally looking for. So I'm gonna go Jurassic Park. I think that's a good one. I, uh, yeah, 
I don't know if it epitomizes, like you said, what it means to be an American or not, but it's a good franchise, and I think it kind of uh, encompasses that. But that concludes our mailbag for the week. Great question. Thank you, Mo, for an excellent question. Yeah, he was was upset that he – well, I'll – cue you into what we did last week. Mo was uh, still bitter about uh, not having his question picked a few weeks ago, whatever it was, when uh, we went with the sports-related question. Uh, so we oh, ended up, yeah. We ended up chatting through his uh, his president's question last week, so I think he's... I did issue a public apology and a fuck-off for, for picking the sports question, so, so I don't know what else this guy wants from us. So, Murray, I think, I think this, the hatchet is buried... The the beef has been squashed, uh, so I think we're good there. But yeah, great, great, uh, great, great show this week, Keith. Uh, obviously, Jordan flu game type uh, type performance from you. Uh, hard hard to beat. I think I think we put up a great performance here. I'm really proud of our effort. Um, two minute drill, you know, getting us in the win column before the end of the season. Agree. Um, obviously, a lot of fun. Uh, always enjoy being back, seeing your. Seeing your beautiful face through a screen uh, isn't quite the same as seeing <laughs> it in person in Folly Beach, but I'll take what I can get, man. Yeah, well, well we're going to do it again uh, next week, same time. Uh, I think we do have a, a special guest next we week. We do have a guest next week. It's a, I think it's actually our last guest of the season. No, we have, no we've, got, we've got plenty more. We've got, uh, we've got... I know we have Carl. We have Austin next week, and then Carl... And uh, we end the season with Joe. So we've got three more left. So, But, yeah, we'll be back with Austin Cheese next week. Plus our impromptu league champion who returns for our final episode of the season just to man. brag about winning the belt. So Maybe, be pretty, that, that person is TBD. Could, could be uh, if, I mean, I don't even know what it would we'll do. Be, it would kind of be anticlimactic. I mean, I'm sure you would like to win. Yeah, um, I, I would know, love to win. I know Philly. I know Philly would like to win, but it'd be pretty anticlimactic if one of you two ended up uh, winning the league, and then our guest is one of you two. I've got a nice mantle. I want to put the belt on. I have a very nice mantle. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see. But we'll be back next week, same time, same place. Make sure you tune in. We're gonna have a great. Great show next week where we're going to be talking through the first first week, first of two weeks of the playoff matchups and uh, see, what, see what we can determine on uh, if, people, if our picks are on track to, to win their matchups or not. But as, as, you, as you know, anything is possible. And uh, it's <laughs> legal, uh, friends and low expectations and low expectations league is unpredictable. Uh, so we'll stay tuned and uh, we'll see what happens. But remember, folks, keep your standards low and your expectations lower, and we'll see you next week. that at the allotted